welcome to the November edition of 10 Hats, the IGPM podcast. Uh, we've had some great feedback from the last month. Um, I'm Ali and I'm pleased to be joined again this month by our directors, Robin and Kay. Today, we're going to hear a little bit of a roundup of news from the IGPM, what's been happening and what's been coming up. Um, we'll be speaking to Gareth Thomas, who is the National Lead for Wales. And we've got a short message from James Kingsland. So Robin, Kay, good to see you both. How are you? Good, thanks, Ali. Yeah, um, it's been a pretty busy couple of months. I'm sure everyone's seeing the uh, the winter pressure is ramping up. So we are uh, pretty busy in practice. Uh, we've just ra- finished a new round of accreditation. So we've been really pleased to confirm we've got 26 new MIGPMs on our registered list, which is fantastic. How's things with UK? Oh, great. Thank you. Um, managing to avoid all the, the colds that are going around at the moment. So that's a bit of a winner for me. Um, we did a webinar two weeks ago just to, to coincide with November the 11th, um, along with the RCGP. And that was about um, becoming a veterans friendly practice. And it's the second one we've done. We did did a similar one last year. And I'm always just really kind of my my breath goes when I talk to veterans. So we had a, a GP, um, Brigadier, who's retired, Robin Simpson, and John Lynn, who was a veteran, who is a veteran. And just seeing a young person that has been through so much, um, so much time active service, and then hearing from him what go into his practice and disclosing his veteran status and the the different way they were able to help him. They didn't quite know um, how to do that at first, but went off, did some research and came back to him. And he was he was just really grateful that um, the NHS general practice supported him in a similar way than that a military general practice would. So I always take away those, those thoughts of how we can do things better. And after the webinar, the team at the RCGP said that they saw an increase in applications both I know both during the um, webinar and afterwards so lots more of us are going forward for that veterans friendly um, accreditation and if you missed the webinar I think it's only about 30 minutes so enough to listen to in your lunch break while you go and have a a walk you don't have to look at our faces you can just listen (laughs) to it Um, and um, yeah that's available on our YouTube channel And then, of course, Robin, we've had loads of loads of conversations in our WhatsApp group. Yes. Um, Gosh, this morning and and yesterday, things have been going a little bit wild with the um, (laughs) with the new uh, minimum wage, which we're kind of delighted and terrified of in equal measure, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. I think the finance group is, uh, as I think one of our um, regional reps uh, called it is kicked off <laughs> with people yeah. expressing their, their, you know, delight, delightedness and concern at the same time. And it's really hard, isn't it? Because how do you, you balance up wanting your staff to be well paid because they do such an amazing job, but then being concerned that where's the funding coming to match this? Mm-hmm. And it is something that we have already gone and flagged with the BMA. So we are looking to meet with the GPC as soon as possible. Um, and we'll bring information about that to our members probably in the next podcast or via email. Um, so just watch this space. Lots yeah. going on in the wellbeing group as always. And I love oh, that one because there's so much fluffy love stuff that goes yeah, on in there <laughs> yeah there's also been lots of talk about um whether that they're, they're well i'll be completely honest locum agencies and all mm. of our stress about getting tons and tons of tons of messages but there seems to be a bit of a shift 
doesn't there, that there's more locum to permanent um, opportunities. So we think the tide's mm. shifting a little bit. Yeah, you kind of get the impression that it's less around actually, you know, people aren't so much looking for the ad hoc because maybe the ad hoc isn't there as much anymore. And um, so are people actually going to agencies to think, well, you know, I want to kind of do a bit of a try before I buy. I'm interested in a permanent role, but I want to make sure that the practice is the right fit. So a lot of agencies seem to be kind of capitalizing on this by saying, well, you know, you can get these guys to locum for you for a little bit and then there's no fee to make them permanent if you want to offer them a job at the end of it, yeah, yeah. which sounds great. But it's also just a bit like for me, because I've been through this process recently, we're trying to recruit a salary GP. You know, I've got a good pool of locums already. None of them want to be permanent. And I'd rather pay them and give them the regular income and also not pay the inflated agency rates. So that kind of arrangement isn't working for me. So for any locum agencies out there who might be listening, have a think about that. (laughs) (laughs) And we're we're thinking here um, at my practice about how to make a salary GP job a bit more interesting and whether we can add other things into their job description so we're thinking about women's health and research and of course we we, we can offer here um homeless services work as well so just not a kind of eight session salary job can we do something that fits with individuals own desires as well so hopefully that 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 might see some increase in interest in the practice yeah um what else has been in those groups? Oh, there were an interesting conversation in the um in the 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 one about developing your practice, progressing your practice, about um what to include in bids for the transition to modern NHS money yeah. and some really lovely ideas about community training and engagement. So, you know, it's kind of great if we get an all singing, all dancing computerized system but what do we do about digital exclusion and and you know how could we work with our communities to to raise their computer literacy yeah so you know that 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 money that we get doesn't have to be just spent on kit and doesn't have to be spent in the practice we could do something a bit more innovative so it's great to see practice managers are thinking you know wider than than just buying stuff with that money yeah, I mean, those WhatsApp groups are absolutely gold mines of information. So if you are a member and you've not joined one yet, you can find the details in the members Facebook group with the logon information and they're split into different topics. You don't have to join them all. You don't have to look them all, all the time. You can mute them for a bit if you want, but they are there if you want to ask a question or if you want to get some support from your peers. Yeah, thanks, Robin. So just the other thing that I, I've worked on is is just with the NHS Confederation and and um, mm. kind of reigniting those links as well so we're going to be talking to them about Expo in June 24 so that's another date for your diaries next year mm-hmm. um, and you know collaborating on some of their bulletins and supporting PCN managers with accreditation so you know we, we now have a really successful PCN accreditation process. Robin, I can't take any of that um, <laughs> glory from you. You were instrumental in doing all of those things. So, yeah, that's another good link for us and for PCN managers across the country. Hello, my name is Professor James Kingsland, a general practitioner, recently retired from clinical practice, although I remain active within the NHS and pleased to be a non-voting member of the board of the Institute of General Practice Management. I act as an advisor to the board of directors. When I became a principal in general practice in the early part of 1989, GP practice management was not well developed. 
during my 31 years in general practice, 29 of which was as a senior partner, practice management became an increasingly important part of the efficient management of a general practice. Interesting to reflect that it was in October 83 that the Griffiths Report was published on management in the NHS. That review recommended that the development of management across the NHS should be dramatically improved. And that was probably the catalyst for where we are now in a much better managed organisation. However, in general practice, the management as it developed still remained very lean. And now, with a modal size of general practice in England of around 8,000 patients, often there's a very small team led by an individual general practice manager who often has to set the strategic objectives of the organisation, provides leadership within the wider multi-professional team within the practice, manages and improves patient services, uh, oversees a fair employment practice and the workforce, deals with financial matters ranging from the accounting to uh, delivering aspects of the GP contract, often uh, is the lead for estates and facilities management um, and carries out external relations with commissioning bodies and other professional bodies. It is quite a remarkable uh, range of skills that a general practice manager has, which is not inherent in the rest of management throughout the system. And that efficiency drives what is the cornerstone of the NHS, primary care in its wider sense, but more specifically, general practice. And if the GP service is the cornerstone of the NHS uh, and more widely primary care is the sector around which any high-performing healthcare system should be anchored, then those in primary care management and in particular general practice managers are the, one of the most vital aspects to drive efficiency and effectiveness in the provision of NHS care. I've also been pleased to support the development of a method by which general practice managers can be formally assessed to provide a full membership of the IGPM which confers the post-nominals of MIGPM and this finally recognises not only the professional status of managers working in general practice but formally warrants their skills and competencies in professional accreditation. We've had some questions actually through through the groups from some practice managers that they'd like help with, um, and a few of them are coming up with regular themes. So we thought it might be a, a good idea to share the ones that are coming up um, quite often and, and kind of give a little bit of advice on, on how you think you'd approach them. So we've had this one a couple of times now. Um, I've been with my practice for about five years. I've got a list size of 5,300 and dispensing practice with CQC Good. I feel I'm doing far more work than I've been paid for. And I'd really like to ask for a raise, but I just don't know the best way to approach it. What would you do and can you help? 
Oh, I love a bit of an agony ant session. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a tough one, isn't it? Because I think there's a, you hear a lot from other practice managers who feel that they are slightly undervalued for the role that they do. And I think sometimes you kind of want to shake those partners a little bit and say, do you really understand how bad things would be if I mm. wasn't here? Mm. Um, so I think the best way of doing this is, first of all, you've got to be able to demonstrate your worth. So if you've got ways of saying, you know, since I've been in post, you know, income has gone up, expenditure has gone down, retention has gone down, our recruitment is really good, patient feedback is good, staff feedback is good. So lots of those measurables that, are, that you as a practice manager do have a direct influence over. Obviously, some of them you won't, but there might be opportunities where you can say, oh, no, well, you know, dispensing income went down because, say, a pharmacist, a pharmacy opened up down the road. But actually, through comms that I've done, I've managed to keep a lot of dispensing patients with us. You know, those are options that you have um, and I'd use the accreditation framework as well yeah. half of the time partners do not really understand what it is that we do so if you can get that framework and you can demonstrate to them you know this, these are 10 whole separate domains that make up my one job and I'm responsible for all of them like that has a lot of impacts and if you can then also get accredited it makes them think wow my practice manager is really good but she also might be wanted by somebody else I say she maybe he sorry yep. to be so sexist <laughs> um, but yeah so you know it makes people think actually I want to hold on to this person so when yeah. you do ask for that raise it makes them think actually you know if I don't do this what's the opportunity that I might lose this person accreditation was was top of top of my list I also thought about you know what what could we look at what roles are that are similar to yours that are um, yeah. currently advertised so what what's going that's that kind of a job even if it's not local to you you can yeah. still apply some similarities and then when I've um, asked for a pay rise in the past I've kind of found the solution for them before I've gone so you know done exactly what you want your team to do for you don't just go with a problem go with the solution yeah. so I've thought about where we could find that money from what could we stop doing what could we start doing what could I do to kind of sell my services or support the practice in another way to get some income you know have you got somebody that's leaving or retiring that you could tweak their job or perhaps instead of them doing 30 hours they do 25 hours when the, the job is advertised so mm. really thinking about that whole package of spend and whether there is a way that you know we're not often selfish so perhaps it's time that that this person that, that we're talking about really just think about themselves and come up with a way of making sure that the partners couldn't refuse that um, that pay rise. And I think sometimes it's also not always equating um, value with pay. You know, there may be genuine situations where your partners just can't afford to give you more because of the situation that they're in. But then what else can you try and negotiate for yourself that will be of benefit? You know, could you have a better work-life balance? Could you request additional annual leave to what mm -hmm. your allowance currently is? Can you negotiate a better remuneration around sick pay or something like that if you feel that those terms aren't as favourable as other places are? So don't always just think, well they'll never say yes because I know there isn't any money there might be other things that they can offer you that will help you in the long run and be as valuable to you as additional pay might have been yeah and and I suppose there are other other opportunities out there so even if you don't want to leave your practice if you went down to four days or something mm -hmm. you know picking up a day's work somewhere else might be something that you could do to to enhance your income yep might becoming a regional rep for the IGPM <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just haven't got the money to uh to, to enhance the income unfortunately but what that means is more members mean that um 
we can then start to support our regional reps as well. So if you are thinking about joining us, that is the thing that will make the biggest difference to the organisation. Um, numbers of, of people joining us mean that we have a bigger voice. Thank you so much. And support is a huge part of IGPM. Um, our network of regional reps are there for the members to reach out for. Um, in Wales, we've got Gareth taking the lead um, and looking at building up the IGPM Wales. So we're going to bring in our very first guest to the IGPM podcast and welcome to Gareth. So on today's podcast, we are talking to Gareth Thomas, who is our IGPM National Lead for Wales. Um, and we're really keen to find out what's been going on in Wales. So Gareth, why don't you start by introducing yourself and where you work and how long you've been a practice manager? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, well, my name's Gareth Thomas, as, as, uh, as you just said. Um, I'm the business manager for West Key Medical Centre in, in Barrie, South Wales. Um, I've been a business manager for over... 10 years um, and prior to this I've worked for um, the local health boards in Wales and previous NHS trusts so in total I've about 25 years experience working within the NHS in Wales. Wow. Um, I'm now the uh, IGPM uh, Wales lead um, and provide practice management input into many local and national initiatives um, and, and strategies in, in Wales. So I'm a member of the GMS Digital Board, a member of the GMS Contract Implementation Group. Um, I also sit on the GP Systems Quarterly Review Panel um, and work quite closely at the moment with Health Education Improvement Wales um, to try and raise the profile of practice management and how um, practice managers can be supported in um, continued professional development. So you're a very busy guy. Yeah, yeah, you could say <laughs> that. Yeah, brilliant. And so, why do you feel then that IGPM is needed in Wales? So, so for well, since I got into practice management, um, I've been involved quite a lot with the annual Welsh Practice Managers Conference, um, working alongside uh, my colleagues at the moment, Deborah Clarge, who's a IGPM member representative for North Wales. Um, and Dave Blower, who was a business manager in Bridgend. Um, and, you know, sort of from that, from those conferences, you know, practice managers have seen those in Wales um, beneficial. Um, but since becoming a business management, a business management in, in, in Wales, um, certainly moving from the local health boards it was a bit of a shock to me really um, because I was on the on the one side of the fence telling practices what they should and what they shouldn't be doing and you know pestering them for um, you know to sign documents and submit uh, annual returns and and, and so on um, but I think it was a complete shock really come on to the other side of the fence working in general practice um, I mean in the health boards your job is quite specific um, you only really have responsibility for, for one area or one thing. Um, and as you know, um, being a practice manager or a business manager in general practice, you have a wide range of responsibilities and you've got to wear so many hats. Um, and, you know, what goes on in practice management, it has always been completely hidden, I think. Um, there's always been a bit of a lack of understanding from health boards, um, and NHS trusts and even even the general public in terms of what we do. Yeah. Um, there's always been a bit of a lack of recognisable profession like um, nursing or our GP colleagues. 
um, and we're the ones who tend to manage them on a day-to-day basis. So I think from my my perspective, I think IGPM is needed in Wales so that practice managers have some sense of identity. Um, and, you know, as practice managers, we're able to voice uh, our opinions and, and yeah. contribute more, um, whether that's locally within our cluster um, or within our, our local health board area or even nationally, um, you know, our views on contracts um, or indeed, you know, supporting or mentoring our, our colleagues. Um, but particularly, I think, you know, one of the things for me is around the, the you know, practice managers being formally recognised as a profession mm. um, through the IGPM accreditation scheme. Perfect. So what do you think then are the biggest challenges that Welsh PMs are facing at the moment? Um, very good question. Um, I think the biggest thing now is uncertainty. Mm. Um, I think we're in a, a, a very um, dangerous place uh, with regards to the breakdown in the GMS contract yeah. negotiations. Um, from my point of view, it doesn't seem to be a real impetus from Welsh Government to properly fund general practice in Wales. Um, it feels pretty much like we have to do more with less, and that's how how, how it feels really. To to be fair, mm. I mean, as practice managers, obviously we're not as closely involved in the contract negotiations, um, but ultimately it does impact on us. Um, you know, whether that's from a workforce workforce perspective or whether that's from just running the the practice on a day to day basis. You know, um, we need a contract to work to. Um, so we all know what we're doing. And at the moment, um, yeah. we don't know. Yeah, it's really tough. I saw some of your, your tweets recently as well about the, the response from Welsh Government about the GP contract. So I hope that we are able to kind of influence that in some way to, to get a resolution absolutely. there. Yeah, so absolutely. My, my last question for you then, Gareth, is what did getting accredited mean to you? I think, you know, like I said earlier, really, I think, you know, the, the, the lack of um, being recognised as a professional um, working within the NHS um, is a big thing for me, really. I think, you know, you know, the job as a, as a practice manager or a business manager or any management in general practice, I think, is, is overlooked and probably to a degree undervalued. Um, and I think the accreditation aspect of it just sort of raises the profile of the work that we all do in general practice and for me you know working towards the accreditation you know just sort of really emphasizes the fact that you know for the for the last 10 years working in general practice you know I am skilled at what I'm doing you know I have the experience of what I'm doing and hopefully I've got the knowledge of what I'm doing um, which ultimately gives my partner some degree of reassurance that I know what I'm doing in my job on a day-to-day basis so I think that's the the, the, the key thing for me is is just from a personal perspective but also you know the, the practice having the a, a, a professional working um you know as a as a practice manager in in the surgery is a is a is a well a fundamental thing really yeah that was brilliant so um if if for any welsh uh, members out there listening you can contact gareth if you need support or deborah in the north if that's your patch um as a as a yeah uh, 
member of ITPM. Um, accreditation continues as well and the window is open. The next window closes at the end of December. So please do get your applications in. Um, and there is also a Welsh IGPM members Facebook group, um, which is specific to for Welsh issues. But please also join the main Facebook group as that gives you the um, option to join our WhatsApp chats around specific issues as well. Um, so thanks, Gareth, for um, updating everybody okay. today. And uh, we yeah. look forward to having you on again in the future. So I can't believe we're nearly into December. Um, and what do we have planned for the next few weeks? Yeah, I can't believe that it's nearly Christmas already as well. <laughs> my Where's reception manager, gone? I know, my reception manager who absolutely loves Christmas is already arguing about decorating the practice and we're having uh, a bit of a standoff. We're, we're having the same <laughs> thing. I think we're sat on the 1st of December here. That's Always. what I've tried to say and be reasonable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so what have we got planned for the next few weeks? So on the 20th of December, which also happens to be my birthday, oh. and there's a very nice treat for me because our lovely national lead for the Midlands, Kerry Garner, is going to be delivering a webinar for members on moral distress. I think this is something that we all are feeling at the moment. It's It's that situation where you know that you have to do something but you just don't have the resources to be able to do that. Mm. And for management, that might be, you know that patient needs an appointment, but you don't have one. Yeah. Or you know that your staff deserve that pay rise, but there's no funding to support yeah. it. And that can put a really big emotional um, weight on people when they're working in the health service. So Kerry's going to be talking about how we can manage that and try to alleviate that stress. And so that's Kerry, definitely one for our members to join. She's so good at all that well-being. Oh, yeah. And, really good, and, yeah. And, yeah, I can't wait for that one. Yeah. So if you are a member, sign up and, and see it and it will be on our YouTube channel afterwards. If you're not a member, you need to join to get access to it. And you know this is one of the reasons why you should be a member, because we're providing all this amazing content for you. Um, and also, we are really trying to get a meeting in with GPC to talk about the impacts of this national living wage rise for next year on the contract negotiations. So that's really high on our agenda at the moment. Hey, what have you got coming up? Well, um, it's uh, Wednesday today. Um, I know by the time this goes out I will have already done it but yeah. I'm sharing management in practice tomorrow so um, that that's in London so I hope by the time this goes out I'll have said hello to lots of you and had loads of really good conversations about what we can do next um, always always interested in what our members think are the important things for us yeah. to move forward with and then just a reminder really that we've got our survey out our practice management survey um, it's the second one and we're, we're a bit slower on the uptake than we were last time so if you've not completed our survey, there'll be a link to it in the show notes today or have a look on our social media channels to um, to complete that. We've already get lots and lots of interest on the outcome of this survey. Um, lots of people at um, what I used to call the centre, but I'm not sure it's called that anymore. So central government, um, NHS England, um, organisations like um accountancy firms lot, lots and lots of organizations are really interested in the future of general practice management and um and and what the thoughts are of our members so please please do complete that thanks again both for for coming along this month just like to say if there's anyone that um thinks of a particular topic they'd like us to cover in the podcast please do drop us a message you can find us on social media or via our email account and um, we're planning to mix up our monthly roundups with some in-depth discussions with with people you've asked to hear from um, industry stakeholders so um, keep a lookout for those if you are following us on one of the podcast channels please do like and subscribe and you'll get notification as soon as a new episode becomes live 
Thanks again and see you all next month.